COVID-19 can be a fatal disease, and anything that comes with this pandemic will not outweigh the harm done to people, their livelihoods, and the economy. But as we change our practices to try to protect people, their livelihoods, and the economy, there are side effects. There are positive side effects, like, for example, the reduction in traffic. As we travel less, we reduce emissions that cloud the air. And suddenly, people are able to see mountains that they've never seen. Satellite images are showing really, really different visuals of what the atmosphere looks like above certain places. Right? Well, I don't know if we're necessarily reducing the harm that we've done to the Earth, but I think that we are all seeing things like reducing traffic and reducing combustion can have noticeable effects in the short term. In the short term, these effects aren't likely to last once more cars are back on the road and factories return to higher levels of production. But even if it doesn't last, even if our emissions go back to normal next week or next month or next year, reducing emissions now could help everyone's health. As we'll explain, you could avoid being hospitalized for pollution-associated illnesses. You could avoid being hospitalized for COVID-19 because you might not develop as severe of a case. Either way, you reduce the stress on the healthcare system. That's just one thing, but as we collectively try to lessen the toll that COVID-19 is taking, that counts. From News at Northeastern, this is Litmus, a conversation with Northeastern University's groundbreaking researchers. We connect what's going on in their labs to what's going on in your life. We're News at Northeastern reporters Aria Bracci and Emily Arnson. Hi, I'm Justin Mangerides. I'm an associate professor of biostatistics at Northeastern University, and I study how air pollution affects health outcomes. So I want to draw attention to some environmental phenomena that various people and agencies have observed recently, ostensibly as a result of reduced traffic in response to COVID-19. We're specifically going to talk about air pollution, your area of expertise. So we're seeing potentially a decrease in people's exposure to things like PM 2.5, which is particulate matter that is less than 2.5 micrometers in diameter. So that's about a 70th the diameter of a human hair. There was a Stanford professor who calculated that in four Chinese cities, the lives saved due to the pollution reduction, particularly of PM 2.5, are roughly 20 times the number of lives that have been directly lost to the virus. And that's specifically children under five and adults over 70. Okay, let's look at that. In a country hit hard by this pandemic, many lives have been lost to COVID-19. But lives that would otherwise be lost to illness caused by pollution, you know, pushed out into the air by traffic, the kind of traffic that's been on hold as part of public health lockdowns, have been spared. Mathematically, more have been spared from pollution than lost to COVID-19. So measures to slow the spread of the disease not only directly protect people by cutting down how much they interact, but they also indirectly protect people. Like in China, where the dangerous pollutant PM2.5 saw a huge drop. And then the other big one is nitrogen dioxide, which is associated with traffic and combustion as well. And the Center for Research on Energy and Clean Air reported that, yeah, levels of nitrogen dioxide are also down. Those are just two. There are plenty of observations that have happened. What would you say to someone who thinks that this is a sign that we're reversing the harm that we've done to the Earth? A sign that we're reducing the harm that we've done to the Earth? Well, I think this is a sign that air pollution is in itself modifiable and that we can take action to reduce air pollution. Which is not to say that these lower emission levels will last. 
even if these drops were going to become a permanent fixture of the future, it still wouldn't mean that there is a net positive effect of COVID-19 emerging. Not even close. And again, socializing, errands, business, and tourism are likely to all come back in full force. Which is a concern, considering how many lives are impacted or cut short because of pollution. And I happen to know that you're not convinced that there's any safe level of exposure to air pollution. Yeah, I'm not convinced. I personally think that the lower we can get air pollution standards, the better. Lowered in a sense of less air pollution, not removing standards. Right, not lowering the bar. And why is that? Well, in your work, you were able to observe associations between short and long-term exposure to PM2.5 and certain health outcomes. Uh, yes, I, I have been involved in work that has shown both of those things. So short-term exposure, what have you been exposed to in the past 24 hours versus a long-term exposure of what's your average exposure over, say, the past year. And these are some very small particles that get inhaled very deeply into your lungs. And they are associated with many, many health outcomes, heart disease, hypertension, diabetes, asthma, even things like stroke. But again, these particles are associated with combustion and with traffic, part of these industries being shut down. And so we're seeing potentially a decrease in people's exposure. And get this. A recent study out of Harvard has shown that uh, U.S. counties with higher levels of PM 2.5 are associated with greater mortality due to COVID. The hypothesis is that long-term PM 2.5 exposure is associated with a lot of the comorbidities that increase risk of mortality from COVID. So it's not just that lives can be saved from decreased pollution. We might actually be able to say that decreased pollution could lessen the severity of COVID-19, the thing that we're decreasing pollution in response to. Wouldn't that also mean that people who don't develop COVID-19 but could develop something like asthma might also be at lower risk of being hospitalized? Absolutely. These uh, morbidities that are caused by air pollution that we've seen, things like asthma, diabetes, and respiratory disease, are things that can lead to hospitalization. So if we're seeing reductions due to people not working, due to people staying indoors, we are possibly going to be seeing reductions in the number of hospitalizations or even in mortality or morbidities due to short-term exposures to these particular pollutants. Do you know if it's possible to protect yourself from air pollution in any measurable way? I'm just wondering if there are ways for people to benefit from these outcomes, you know, even if we're not seeing these phenomena in their communities. I assume people staying indoors um, would limit their exposure to ambient air pollution. And tell them, Justin. It is something we'll all do because we are all practicing good public health. Yeah, not a problem. We're all well-versed. My area of biostatistics is applying statistics to public health problems. It's, I always tell people it's the equations aren't the important things in statistics. It's being able to tell the story. It's telling a story with data. And um, something hopeful to, to think about would be that people who live in areas um, that are historically plagued with lots of pollution would maybe realize that, that they can take a step back and see that this doesn't have to be the case, that clean air can be available to them, that things can change. Speaking of that, we were talking about the anecdotal observations that you've made, that I've made about, you know, just what people are noticing 
these things aren't necessarily useful for, you know, scientific research, but might say something about how people are responding to this moment. Yeah. You know, maybe people would be a little more supportive of policies that help maintain and make clean air and clean water available. Special thanks to Justin Mangerides, Associate Professor of Biostatistics in the Bouvet College of Health Sciences at Northeastern University. Sound engineering by me, Aria Bracci. Mixing and mastering by Anthony Polito. Our editor is David Filipov. From News at Northeastern, this is Litmus. We're News at Northeastern reporters Aria Bracci and Emily Artson. <laughs>